tried. I was trying, don't get me wrong. What, what, what about when this one, what about when this one man was around? Like I said, I was trying. <laughs> they had a promoter that didn't bring them to my side and wouldn't allow me to come to this side unless it was on his turn. Chris, would you have been interested? <laughs> Before we get to that. So Sunday night was the first time I saw Floyd Mayweather look mortal. I'm a I'm a career long Mayweather fan. Um, I think he's special. I think he's in the discussion as one of the best technicians of all time, if not the best technician. But Sunday night, I definitely saw someone look mortal. And that wasn't tough to watch, but it was hard to see. And the reason was, he still looked in control. But if you looked at Mayweather versus McGregor, you felt Floyd could do whatever he wanted. Here, I felt he did what he needed to do. I felt this was a little less comfortable than it would have been in 2017. You felt that the inactivity and maybe the age is catching up with Floyd. Like maybe it took father time to, to bring him down to kind of a level we can all relate to. Because when you watch that, the fight with Logan Paul, there were just moments in that fight where Floyd was reacting to a punch kind of half a second too late, maybe even just a tenth of a second too late. And you could see he knew what he wanted to do. He couldn't execute as quick as he normally does. Now, maybe his instincts were off, I don't know. Maybe something was off, maybe it was a reflex. There was something there that said he's, he's mortal now. He's probably not the guy in the gym who's light years ahead of everyone. I'm not saying he's behind anyone. What I'm saying is he's not the guy who who made miracles happen, who, who, who bent the laws of boxing physics. And it reminded me of Sugar Ray Leonard versus Terry Norris and that kind of general period in Sugar Ray's career where you could just watch him and go, it's not there anymore. And it always, always reminds me of Liam Ridgewell, the, the legendary defender for every club in the Midlands, it would seem. And any time you'd, you'd freeze frame a goal, his team conceded, Liam Ridgewell would be in the perfect position. He'd be doing the right thing, but he'd be doing it like half a meter off. And you could just see that he wasn't quick enough to do what his brain wanted him to do. And that's how it kind of felt yesterday watching Floyd. It felt like we're watching a guy who's seen better days. Now, does that mean that he's going to stop doing these things? I don't know. What it definitely means is Floyd needs to avoid young men with a degree of athleticism for a while. And maybe the next exhibition has to be against an old-timer, someone of his generation. Go back and watch the clip. Floyd was hopping in and out, and he might have been playing with him. I don't know, but it wasn't the Floyd we were used to. It definitely wasn't the Floyd we saw against McGregor, where he looked good to go. He looked like, had you put him in there with a, with a top 10 welterweight, he'd have done his thing. 
he looked he looked like he still had that spring, that sharpness, that that magic. Four years down the line, that doesn't seem to be there in the same way. But for a forty-four year old, he he's absolutely amazing. He'd still be a contender at this stage of his career if he wanted to be more active. But as a, you've heard every podcast say this, boxing's a demanding wife. You cannot cheat on her. You cannot abandon her. You cannot ignore her because there are consequences to that. And I guess this is something that Mr. Mayweather will reflect on and go, now it's a little harder than it needed to be. How many more of these have I got in me? Maybe I want to do something with a Juan Manuel Marquez or something like that and do that before the reflexes fall off a cliff. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know... That was definitely Sunday night was the time we saw those those human traits in Floyd Mayweather. Which gives food for people to criticize, but if I'm being brutally honest, what we saw on Sunday was really good. I thought it had a big fight feel to it. When you look at the card as it was originally envisaged, Badu Jack versus Jean Pascal is a good fight. I don't think there's much difference age wise between those guys, so you're gonna get two tough men going at it. Sadly, Pascal popped for, I think it was three different PEDs. And you had Lewis Arias versus Jared Hurd, which promised, I mean, promised to be an all-action fight. So you had two fights on there that if they were on a DAZN card, Hearn would be telling you fight of the year contenders. And then you had some of the Mayweather prospects coming through. Uh, there was a thingy Hackett, little Hackett was coming through. And then you've got the main event. So it looks like, from what I can gather... Showtime and Espinosa seem to be getting this formula right of we need the right mix of, you know, tough guys who swing at each other to get the fans excited and revved up. And then we need that main event that kind of crosses over beyond boxing. And I'm always going to give credit to Steven Espinosa. He seems to be the most measured of the TV execs, the most measured guy, like in that kind of Eddie Hearn lane who can make or break fights. And he seems to be the most measured of all those guys. So I was impressed with that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the event of the bits I saw. It was, it was what it needed to be for a glorified exhibition, you know. And it did nothing to dampen the, the esteem that boxing's held in. The negativity towards this is insane because I don't understand what you wanted. You've got a guy who's been retired from boxing, what, five years? And he gave you a Hall of Fame career. He gave you 50 fights and no losses. I don't know what more you want him to do. At what point has he given the fans what they want? You had everyone slagging it off going, this shouldn't be a fight. It's not a fight because it's not sanctioned by anybody. Like It's not for ranking. It doesn't interfere in the career of any boxer not called Floyd Mayweather. It doesn't. So where does the negativity come from? I think people got upset because finally they realized that this man Floyd Mayweather can make money whenever and however he wants. That's a big thing to say. And it's a reminder that when Mayweather left the sport of boxing, hundreds of millions of dollars went with him. And the people still in the sport are angry that the money didn't stay. They're like, why didn't you, why didn't you lose? Why didn't you lose to keep the money in the sport? And Floyd said, I don't owe anyone anything. I've made this. I'm going to take it with me and keep making money off it. 
So all those people who say how Mayweather's struggling financially, he's poor. I guess you can call this a bounce back. So fair play to him. I thought Showtime put on a hell of an event. I thought Mayweather, Mayweather's team put on a hell of an event. It was good to see a lot of the the cast of characters, Avina Alston and all the other kind of publicists. Kirsty Swanson was around there. It had that big event feel. And that's all you can ask for in a situation like that. You have to, geez, you have to give Floyd his due, right? Because as much as you can criticize it, like the build-up to this has been incredible. The the right talking heads have been there talking about how Logan Paul has a chance against an aging Mayweather. They they built up a good story. The hype was there. The energy was there in a way that you don't normally see in boxing anymore. And I think that's more reflected on boxing than it is of Mayweather because this wasn't a sideshow. This looked like something where you're saying, well, if boxing has a future, it might feel something like this. If boxing is going to go mainstream, it might feel a little something like this. Maybe with a bit more seriousness on the on the behalf of the kind of YouTuber slash celebrity, though. But as I regularly say to young boxers, study Floyd. Don't study what Floyd does in the ring. I don't think there's much you can learn from that. I do believe you study how Floyd makes money. And also, you need to study Floyd's life to learn where he learned these important lessons on how to market yourself. Because when you look at Floyd, there's pre-WWE Floyd and there's post-WWE Floyd. I remember when the wrestlers were talking about Mayweather, and the key thing they said was he was always asking questions. He asked everyone questions. Why are the lights the way they are? Why, why this? Why that? You know, how do you build characters? How do you know which characters will connect with the fans? How do you draw heat as a heel? He was picking up all of these small details in order to build this Money Mayweather character. This Money Mayweather character, the fans grew to hate, but then they loved the fact that they hated him. And he took that and rode it to the moon and back twice. Because what he realized was the WWE can make close to a billion dollars a year promoting fake fights and once every year they have this event called Wrestlemania that a whole country and in some cases the whole world will stop to watch and they'll stop to watch it because it's been so carefully crafted the stories are so elegant and compelling that they draw you in even when you don't want to you feel drawn in because you want to see how it goes even if you know what the outcome is you want to know how they get there and you watch the build-up, you watch Raw, you watch SmackDown, and you follow that. And that's the template Floyd has tried to... He tried to adapt that for the boxing market at a time when boxing wasn't receptive to that. Do you remember boxing always used to say, we're real, we're not fake. And Mayweather said, real or fake, it doesn't matter. It's about how the audience feel. And my job as Floyd Money Mayweather is to stimulate feelings in an audience that mean they're going to watch me, watch me win, watch me lose, it doesn't matter. They're interested in me. I think that's a powerful thing. I think young boxers should be learning from this because when you look at boxing, really the fight's how long? Like if you're just beginning your career, you're probably in the ring for about 15 minutes tops. What's the rest of it? It's all an opportunity to create a story, to create a character, to create content. And then all you have to do is deliver in the ring. 
And Floyd mastered this because he, he saw what happened with the WWE. Tyson Fury saw what happened with the WWE as well. He understood that was a great opportunity to cross over and to crack America. Was to piggyback off that energy. And then build yourself into this character. Now, hopefully, like, you know, Tyson has been through his mental health escapade. So hopefully he can sustain it in the same way that Floyd has. But the model will never fail because ultimately people love to feel a way. Good, bad, indifferent. They just want to feel. But if we come back to that WWE example, if you notice, in that fight, like, Mayweather had that tweener energy. That's what he call it. It's like a tweener energy, isn't it? Like Stone Cold had. Of your kind of part heel, part face, depending on what's needed at the time. But he's also got that element of Hulk Hogan where he controls his character so tightly that you know what you're going to get every time. And when you watch the actual fight, you can see, number one, Mayweather was well within his comfort zone. He took the shots he wanted to take. He took the shots that made the audience believe that something may happen. I don't want to say it was scripted, but I wouldn't be surprised if Floyd was in the ring telling Logan Paul what to throw. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And that I find interesting, that, that whole notion of, you know, he can do that. Because there was a point where he hit, he hits Logan Paul over the, the left ear. And you can see that the legs go. And Mayweather picks him up, bearing in mind that Floyd's outweighed by, what, 35 pounds? Picked him up, held him up till he revived. And he was probably still talking to him then. And then there was a time where he had him doubled over. And he could have gone for the left hook to the body. And he just said, nah, get up, let's go again. That lets you know Floyd's fully in control. But to the untrained eye, it all looks dramatic. It all looks spectacular. And that's all he needed it to do. Just give it that veneer of excitement and the audience go home happy. You know, we're not even going to talk about the rest holds. People talk about it was a hug fest, but like WWE, there were rest holds there. So you could see when Logan was tired, he just grabbed Floyd and Floyd would hold him up while he got his breath back and then they'd go again. All of this stuff is, is really, really clever stuff. It's really clever. And you can see that there was a degree of preparation and forethought that went into this and it delivered a good product. Now, for the people who say, I want to see a real fight between these two, you already know how that will go. So why do you want to see a real fight between these two? Why would you even expect that? that that's what's counterintuitive here. That's what's regressive is the idea that someone's saying, I want to see Floyd fight someone. Oh. And then you're upset because you didn't get battered by a guy who's never fought a professional boxer before. Don't really get it. But kudos to Floyd for all of that stuff. Like, just... When I, got, when I look on that event, there's just stuff that I liked about it. I liked, you know, I liked the post-fight interview Jake Paul, not Jake, sorry, Logan Paul gave. I liked, I liked Jake Paul going crazy in the audience. All this stuff was compelling viewing, especially for someone who's used to the tired, stale old product we get in the UK. The fact that I'm in here with one of the greatest boxers of all time proves that the odds can be beat. I'm the maverick. I go right when they go left. I'm the unorthodox one. I'm the independent one. And everyone has it in them. And everyone can beat the odds and do great things in life. And I want everyone to know that. That's the message I'm here to say. Floyd Mayweather, it was an honor. I hate being a dickhead. I love you guys. I love all you guys. This is one of the greatest moments of my life. Have fun. You got to realize, I'm not 21 anymore, but it's good. 
to move around with these young guys, test my skills, just to have some fun. Great young fighter, strong, tough. He's better than I thought he was. What'd you think about him? What'd you think about Logan Paul? He says he wants to take this sport seriously. What do you think about him? As far as, as, far as with the big guys, the heavyweights, it's going to be kind of hard. But um, he's a tough, rough competitor. It was, you know, good action, have fun. And um, I was surprised by him tonight. Good, good little work. Good guy. Did you? Those two clips are prime examples of how you keep money in a situation. You know, don't knock out Logan Paul. Logan Paul then praises Floyd and says, do you know what? What a great moment this was for me. You know, he, he puts himself over by saying, look, I broke, I defied the odds. Look how many people wanted to fight Floyd and I got it. Got to fight a hero. All of this stuff is amazing. And then you've got Floyd putting Logan Paul over. So now he realizes that, you know, he's anointing Logan. Now Logan can go make more money in the boxing arena. It's, it's smart marketing. And we live in a world of attention and marketing. And like for all those guys hating and being negative, look how many times you look for extra likes and you look for extra views. You're doing exactly what they are. They're just a lot better at it. They're just better at it than we are. They've got machines behind them. So we got to just tip our hats and say, do you know what? Nothing will ever take away from two prize fighters slugging it out. But if this is an avenue for people to make more money, I suggest you just get on with it. Like, don't, don't fight this because you want to be the right side of history. So stripping all the nonsense aside, let's see where this leaves us boxing-wise. It leaves Mayweather upwards of $50 million richer. It leaves Logan Paul upwards of $10 million richer. It leaves Jake Paul a certain amount richer from selling the gotcha hat caps. And he's got his fight with Tyrone Woodley. So you've got to applaud the Paul brothers because... Four years ago, who knew or cared about them in boxing? Nobody. Now you know you can make real money in boxing with one of the Paul brothers. Like, the way they've grifted this, they are... They should be writing books on how to make money because they've demonstrated that it's not traditional anymore. You can make your own rules and you can be successful. So everyone being negative towards them, look at the money they've made. Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather are two of the four highest paid boxers in the world right now. That's insane, isn't it? They're not even registered to box. That is absolutely insane. Just let that sink in. Logan Paul will make more money than any boxer not called Canelo and not called Anthony Joshua. Maybe Manny Pacquiao had a push, but that's it. And Floyd's just going to make Floyd money. And this is, this is all important because in all of the negativity, people forget that. There's a lesson here. Every boxer can learn from this and they can say, okay, cool. What's my position? Now, let me start treating myself as a brand. Let me start treating myself as a business. But they don't. Why don't they? No idea. My theory is this. Too many people in boxing want to be accepted by people in boxing. But you don't make any money from people in boxing, right? You, you're not going to make money off. Um, you're not going to make money off Dev Sani. You're not going to make money off. I want to. I want to name people I like. You're not going to make money off Dev Sani. You're not going to make money off Martin Theobald. You're not going to make money off Adam Martin. You know, you're not going to make money off those guys because they're already at these events. Like they're license holders. They they will show up. 
that they don't need to buy tickets to go anyway. The guys you're going to make money off, well, it's sad to admit, but quite a lot of the guys that were booing the England team taking a knee, that they'll they'll buy anything you sell them if you package it right. But generally, your audience is outside of that hardcore of boxing. Your audience is outside of me. It's outside of Porky. So how are you connecting with those guys? Floyd is. Yeah, Floyd's got a platform, but you got to start somewhere. He earned that platform. He didn't. It wasn't given to him. He earned that platform. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, they earned their platform. They put themselves out there. They took the criticism. They took the negativity, but understood that it was all good for the money. Too many boxers are scared of negativity. They're too sensitive. Too sensitive to see the wood for the trees because they're so scared that if they say, I want to fight a YouTuber, they're going to get that negative Twitter reaction. But so what? Tweets don't pay the bills, for God's sake. That's why I never understand why boxers take Twitter so personally. It's childish. Look at the boxers who make money in this country, right? Eubank Jr., Conor Ben, Joshua. Joshua's got the Olympics thing, obviously, so, and he's a heavyweight, so he's almost a special case. But if you look at guys at Eubank Jr., does he engage with boxing's hardcore? Nah, he doesn't need to. He's past that. Conor Ben, does he engage in boxing's hardcore? Nah, he doesn't need to. He's past that. They've built characters that the public will recognize. They're recognizable outside of their core sport. A lot of you guys are just local. You know, pre-lockdown, I was a big fan of Big Steph. Um, I know he lost his debut fight, but up until that point, the guy was riding horses, he was acting. It was an interesting story. I don't think he capitalized on it the way he should have done, which is probably a lesson for him. But I even like little clips I've seen Sam Noakes out on site working. I'm like, okay, interesting. But look... A boxer, what? Let's say a boxer trains for 12 hours a week. What are they doing with the rest of the time? Now, if you're a small hall guy, I don't care what level you are in the small hall scene, you're a part-time boxer. There's no reason for you, unless you're doing 12 rounders, there's no reason for you to, to drop your work to focus. So what are you doing with your time? You're learning to cook? You're learning to be a cocktail barman? You're a bodyguard? Shouts out to Big Shake. Um, doing the, the G7 security. There, there's a guy with an interesting story. And he's not even a professional boxer, but he's understood that it's about being more than just a guy that hits a bag. So when I look at young fighters now, I look at their Instagram, I go, what's in your Instagram? Okay, what's your Instagram telling me about you? You like to train and you like food. Okay, great. What else do you want to tell me? While you've got me here, what else do you want to tell me that's going to make me go, I need to know more about this guy. Usually the answer is nothing. That's the sad bit about this. Boxers struggle with this because they don't want to try. And they don't want to try because they're scared of criticism. But you're not going to get rich unless people throw rocks at you. That's the surest sign you're doing something right when people come after you. That's why I don't really get upset when these guys take shots. You know, I, I clap back and I address it. But I understand that I'm doing something right because they ignore all the other outlets. This is that final warning to boxers that if you don't understand what this marketing game is all about, you're going to lose your sports to celebrities and YouTubers and so forth because it's easy for them. They understand the game better than you do. You need to have that strategy. You need to start saying, I need to be more than a boxer in order to make more money than my rivals. 
No one wants to do that. All the training vlogs and stuff are cool, but I don't actually care that much about how you train, especially if you're not that good a fighter. Become an actor, become a chef. Shouts out to Freezy for that whole thing. Like, Freezy's a chef, and I know when his boxing career is done, there's going to be a lot of Freezy food going about. Because that, that would be his brand. And fair play to him, because he's grafted for that. But look at all of this stuff. Right? People are taking risks. So if you're a guy who's like, yeah, my life is boxing 24-7, you're a loser. If you don't have anything else about you that people can connect with, I don't care. Maybe you're the foremost expert in Marvel comics. Yeah? That's a niche you can exploit. Oh, we've got a boxer who's a fan of this? Awesome. I'm going to see, I'm going to watch you on TV next time. You build a niche. But you guys are just sat there doing nothing, man. And Floyd isn't. Jake and Logan Paul aren't. And that's why they're making more money than you. Boxing's at this point where people have worked out how to disrupt it. Now, we can talk about Clayton Christensen's notion of disruption, but let's just keep it really simple. 20 years ago, it was hard to get into boxing. Why? You had to know someone who had access. Access to the shows, access to TV, it didn't matter, right? And so, just to take Fitzroy Lodge as an example, if you were halfway decent, like a Danny Davis or a Martin Welsh, you had access to Frank, uh, Frank Maloney, sorry. Leon Williams, he had access to Frank Maloney. You could get on shows. But that's, 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 an, that's the inner circle. That's people shaking hands and doing favors for each other. You know, all that publicity, being seen, being known. There was no YouTube. There was no social media back then. You were at the mercy of people in boxing to be successful in boxing. That all got disrupted because you can go straight to the fans now. And sell whatever you want to sell them. The problem is, in all that time, boxers drag their feet about going out and selling other stuff. They were too scared to go after other people's niche. They're too scared to go after other people's business. And so those other people came and took their business. They could have been YouTubers, gamers, and all this sort of stuff. They could have done all of that. But boxers were too scared and they wanted to be accepted by old guys who don't even understand the future. So I'll say it again. This is the final warning for boxers to get on and become more than boxers. And if you don't be, want to become more than a boxer, that's cool. Don't be mad when you're being offered three grand for a fight because that's probably all you're going to be worth. And on that note, I'll sign off and say thanks for listening. And as always, if you enjoyed this, like it, share it, tag a boxer who needs to hear the truth. And let's just keep it moving, guys. Take care. <laughs>